Greetings and welcome to a special episode recorded live in the on-site stream commerce podcasting studio at the New York City Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum, the fall of 2022. These episodes are presented by Stream Commerce, a full-service, full-funnel e-commerce consultancy, bringing together the boldest and brightest innovators, strategists, and e-commerce experts. They are the Shopify Plus expert that does more than build sites. The Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum 2022 brought together thought leaders from retailers and brands selling direct-to-consumer. Top global consumer brands were joined by digital natives and digitally-led brands from the fashion and apparel world, health, cosmetics, and beauty, consumer electronics, and other leading retail verticals for one full day of education, sharing, and networking. Let's listen in now. Deborah, welcome to the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum podcast. How are you? I'm great. How are you? This is a very familiar feeling to me. We were... <laughs> We were across from each other a week ago in Vegas at Grocery Shop, and here we are again. Same time, different place. Different place. It's funny. I said we run into each other a lot, and then I, I did that conversation. Well, wait a minute. We're going to be together again in like a week. Well, listen, uh, for those who may uh, not know you as well as I do, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, and what you do for a living. Yes. So I started off as an equity research analyst. I really like to get into the weeds and understand the details and then start to look at pattern recognition. So that was always like my passion. Mm. So I did that at City. I led the global consumer team there and then joined Lian Fung to lead their think tank out of greater China. Mm-hmm. Built a lab, got to like, you could take like what you thought would work and then mm. actually try and implement it. And it was always, it never turned out the way you expected, which is what was so fun. Did you, did you always want to go to China? Because a, a person of your talent and experience would have multiple choices to do multiple things. But was the Lian Fung opportunity like, I'm going to go there? Or were you looking for something not dissimilar to that? How did you approach that? That's an interesting question. I mean, I really wanted to kind of go to where I felt innovation was the least well understood. Hmm. And so I felt that, you know, for many reasons, there was a lot that was happening that maybe we in the West didn't understand, didn't know how to implement, or even to kind of you know, look at what was being done there and translate it to the West. Mm. And so that was kind of what I always found so interesting, which is what led to Corsite, because Mm. to me, Mm -hmm. right, to be able to then write about that and almost have kind of from like a third-party perspective, talk about all these technologies, how retailers are, you know, and their, their successes and their not successes. Sure, sure. Because I do think case studies really do help all of us understand that. And then when you've got the data behind that, it's... It's been fascinating, and especially with the last few years, you know, people not traveling, confusion over, you know, where everything is and priorities. I do think that, you know, kind of where we sit today, and it was much about what I talked about today at Gelf, mm. is really interesting. Mm. You know, it's funny. Have you ever seen the movie Looper? Yeah. So the be- what's the best quote in Looper? I'm from the future. Go to China. Remember, he was going to, pe- he was going to France. So I'm going to go live in France. Look, I'm from the future. Go to China. <laughs> you just reminded me of that quote, which is, which is, you know, it, it, in some cases it's interesting because I want to hang on that because sometimes the future can be seen through the lens of looking what's happening in markets like China, but not always, right? Sometimes the lens distorted. The cultures are very different. We have to understand that. So is that the way you think of it? There's lessons to be learned, not exactly photocopied, though. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I mean, that was kind of today we were supposed to talk about, you know, what could you take from the East to the West and what didn't work? Hmm. And one of the things that, to me, was the most life-altering was, like, WeChat. So the fact that I had Mm. everything on one platform I could buy, airline tickets, train tickets, I could do charity, I could pay for my food, I could, you know, 
find people to, you know, cut my dog's fur, whatever it was, it was all in this one super app. And so as opposed to kind of remembering, oh, there was that app that did this and this and that, you literally just had one. So if you think about this China speed, Hmm. and everybody communicates in WeChat. So everyone's communicating in the same channel, right? There's very Hmm. few emails. There was, I think that had a lot to do with this idea around China speed. So why hasn't that been, why haven't we seen that here? I mean, we still by and large live in a world of multiple apps. Um, So if it's self- if it's self-evident that that has helped accelerate, what do you think is it that you haven't seen that kind of a dot? Not just America, where we are, but around the world. You, it really is, feels like a, a China-South Asian thing. What do, what do you think is going on there? I think that because we ha- I mean, it's the same reason why we haven't seen, you know, kind of digital payments take off like you would think, right? It's a lot easier. But people have their credit cards, and they're like, it's good enough. Mm-hmm. And so to then make that change, right, where there's friction to change, I think that's what's kind of slowed us down from that perspective. And if you don't know, right, what that might look like, I think that we've all been... I mean, I, I think, you know, it's interesting. I actually... So I've had this big belief that retailers themselves would become platforms. So, like, mm-hmm. Walmart, right? And we saw some of that at Grocery Shop, right, where they're both... Uh, media platform and also delivery platform. The, what do they call that? The Walmart Go, right? Yeah. I'm like, you guys are becoming platforms. I, interesting. interesting. And that I thought, because right, that's where the consumers are congregating. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that does place a different onus on the retailer because there's almost a responsibility, especially as they're getting into more healthcare and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, if you know everything that people are buying and you have an understanding of their healthcare, I'm a big believer in like food is medicine, right? You can start to then have an impact on the consumer Right by putting more intelligence into their hands in terms of how to take care of themselves, too. Interesting. Um, well, let's get to what you were talking about today. You were on the stage earlier today. We're here in later in the afternoon. What, what kind of knowledge are you dropping on the audience here at Guelph? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was around, you know, kind of, we, we talked, of course, a little bit about the metaverse, what's working, what's not. You know, this idea around, you know, kind of what we're seeing with NFTs, right? Mm. Every retail NFT having having work to date and that being an even bigger that focus. Was, that was a statement you said in our last interview, and I'm going to bring it back to yeah. you. And you said every retail NFT has been successful. And that surprised me because I don't think of NFTs being successful. Is that my own bias? Or? No, I think, I mean, I've been surprised as we look at the data. And I think that this idea around, right, a digital collectible, right, and so, and building community. So what we're starting to see now more, right, is more retailers and brands are offering kind of free NFTs to build community, which I actually think is increasingly important. Hmm. But I also think whether it's loyalty or hyper-personalization, right, the more that we can do, right, to deliver the right message at the right time to convert. But I actually goes back to, like, the whole food is medicine thing. Hmm. I think to help people make better choices, I mean, hey, right, technology can be used in many ways, but I think that there is an opportunity right now. And some of that is around intelligence and information. Hmm, interesting. Are you, are you a ho- do you have any hobbies? Like, I've, I'm not a collector of things. You know, part of me not understanding NFTs is I don't collect anything. I'm not a collector. Like, if you went into my house, ah, I got a few bottles of port wine, but I'm not a collector. Are you a collector? Are you, are you a you're, hobbyist? You're going to laugh because it, it, I, I don't know if I'd ever thought about this, and nobody's really ever asked me. I like to collect globes and globes. maps. Ah. So if you think about it from, so they're, you know, in a New York City apartment, they're, like, kind of all over the place. But it's always ah. been... Ever since I was younger, and you know, now having very much a global role, I don't know if I've ever connected the two, but I appreciate you asking. Yeah, I I think there was something. I mean, it's funny. Like, 
I know people who connect magnets, who connect key rings, right? Like things that are yeah, yeah. little, which yeah. seems to make them Pez dispensers, right? Yeah. Or whatever, right? Versus a globe, which is not so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you, do you look, go looking for old interpretations of the world? Like that's a globe or different materials. Like I think you, I, I don't know. I feel like if you're a collector, you have a better sense of why NFTs are successful. Because I look at them like, who cares? Yeah. I, don't, I don't care well, at all, but I think, so I'm goes, a minority, I guess. Well, it goes back to, so there's not only value, right, in the secondary market. Mm. So it's like you're buying something. So my globes, they, they're worth a lot to me from a sentimental perspective, mm. but probably not to other people so much. Whereas an NFT, right, if you kind of buy the right one, it has a mm. second life, mm. you know, no pun intended. Yeah. And so <laughs> we'll, get to, we'll get back to the metaverse. <laughs> so thanks for that segue. But I think that that's what's interesting. And then also, too... The other thing, because I do, I do collect NFTs, is right. Like sometimes, if you're, you know, I mean, if you're, I don't know, somewhere and you've got like a few minutes of downtime, you can look at them and you're like, oh, they're right here, right? Like it's not like, mm. and I and I think about that from a wardrobe perspective as well, right? We can mm. only wear one shirt, one pair of pants, one pair of shoes, and right, if you're looking in your wallet, right, you can have ten pairs of pants, right? And so I think there's just, and you can share them with others. Interesting. So I feel there's like a different sense around ownership. Mm-hmm. Like to me, right, because as we've had... Some- and enjoyment, right? So, yeah. you know, your globe collection is nice, but when you're in L.A. or Vegas, you can't see it or participate in it. And you're describing a different emotional connection where you can stop, take a break, and what I know for you is always busy day. You kind of, <laughs> kind of enjoy something. Now, you've given me a perfect segue with the second life kind of thing. Um, metaverse. So you were talking about metaverse, works, don't works. What, what's your high-level kind of uh, thinking around the metaverse today? And that's going to lead into my advice to retailers. Like, pay attention, don't pay attention, dive in, don't dive in. What are you, what are you thinking? It's interesting because, right, everyone is first trying to take their, their physical world and turn it into the digital. So, right, there's this been mad rush to buy yeah. land. Walmart just really launched their new, yeah, yeah. I, guess, I guess we call that a metaverse experience. Yeah. Metaverse light, but Meta- yes, I'm. I'm, I'm Metaverse like or light? Did you say light? light, or light. light? Yeah. yeah, I'm like I'm going to let it fly, but you know, I, right. I I think that that's a good entry, you know. But I think that you know, going back to like what we spoke about today was live streaming, and I do think that live streaming for the metaverse, like there's a time, hmm. there's a place, hmm. and it's you know it goes back to it's a limited audience. And you actually, what's different than the metaverse is you can see the audience. Now, hey, maybe today I'm a six foot four yeah, yeah. inch tall blonde haired person and yeah, tomorrow yeah. I'm five feet two. Yeah. But, right, I, whatever skin I want to wear that day, et cetera, you know, I, but people can identify you in this idea that you are engaging with others around, I think, shopping or eating or it could be for a cause. But I, I think there's something to be said about having a meeting time and place. Hmm. And, I mean, I got to tell you, so it's really interesting. Um, I now have one of the organizations I'm involved in sent me an Oculus. We're doing our meetings now hmm. in, you know, in VR. Right. And I will say we have actually found them to be more effective. Really, huh? And, you know, now, do you get do you get woofy at all when you put the Oculus on? I mean, I I, you know, if I stand, I'm good sitting down. Hmm. If I stand up, not so great. And it's interesting because we do take breaks because different people do kind of experience. It taxes your your senses and in your mind a lot, right? It's overstimulating, particularly for sure. in the way you, you you're describing it, right? So interesting. Meet global meetings on the Oculus. You are leading edge, man. <laughs> All right, uh, let's bring this home with a couple of uh, a bit of advice to the listeners: two starts, two stops. Of course, we're talking here about global commerce, so let's focus that in on you know trade and global commerce. What should they be thinking about, and what should they 
do less of or think less about? So I think there's a huge, you know, it's interesting. We built this three by three framework and we did not include cross border, which we probably should have because I'm like, if you think about our whole thing was like be long retail, right? There's, you know, they can not only sell through, you know, kind of live streaming, but also through the metaverse, you've got quick commerce and you can be selling NFTs, retail media and data monetization. But also, when you think about global cross-border, there's huge demand for Western goods mm. outside the U.S. Despite what, and it goes back to, I love, this is like where I, I really love my job. Because to be able to help people understand, right, if you think about like the Gulf or you think about China, there is huge demand. It's just a matter of, you know, making it easy and seamless to mm. do that. And so I, I get really excited when we're sitting with a global audience here to think about where we are and this idea that, right, the West still does have a lot of influence in terms of fashion and, you know, kind of being forward-looking and style and whatnot. And also mm. the speed. We're seeing a much more speed from a retail perspective. And especially in areas like China, right, that's, there's a huge appetite for that. Yeah, huge. I guess there's also, as you say, there's a, there's a big deal that's happening. Maybe it's point in time. There's not a lot of visitors. China, China The Chinese visitors are not traveling the world. Generally, right? I know in Canada we're missing hundreds of thousands of Chinese visitors, so that, that appetite isn't being quenched. I guess we were a little worried that they forget about us, forget about brands. But what you're saying, that appetite is 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 not quenched, so it's kind of going up. It's harder to find the stuff. I, th- I mean, I think it goes back to right. So much right. They require 12 touch points to convert. Where we in the West, it's only four, and so they're constantly searching for news and information. And so 12 touch points to convert, convert. to make a purchase. Yeah, and huh. so. You know, many, especially on the luxury side, many would say that the Chinese are the most sophisticated consumers in the world. And so if you're doing that much research before you make a purchase, which is why their return rates are only 9% versus 40% in the, the West. good news. There's the upside. Yeah, yeah the I mean, it's, it's wild. And so they are continuing to discover Western brands. And so new brands have actually done, new to the market, have done incredibly, much better than we even expected. Mm. And then those brands that are there, you know, we're finding as they are, once again, focused on sizing, which is really important, and also communication and, you know, different, you know, all these shopping festivals. I think they're, they're really, they've been able to take some time and take a step back to think about what works. Interesting. Uh, well, listen, as always, you bring such an interesting perspective. How do folks get in touch, learn more about Corsite? Uh, learn more about you and, and get in touch if they want to continue this conversation. Absolutely. So our website is Corsite.com. We have tons of free research and insights and advice. So I uh, hope you visit us there. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Great to see you again. We're live in the Stream Commerce podcast studio here in New York. It's great to see you. I'm counting the days until I see you again. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Anyway, have a, a great rest of your day. Uh, safe travels. And uh, thanks again for sitting down with me. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. If you like this podcast, you can follow us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcast Channel, or your favorite podcast platform. Please rate and review and be sure to recommend to a friend or colleague in the retail and cross-border commerce industry. You can learn more about the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum and continue to keep up with the latest on cross-border commerce online at www.globalecommerceleadersforum.com. Check out the upcoming Guelph LA event on February 22nd, 2023. The program theme for Guelph LA 2023 is scaling customer engagement globally. Guelph speakers will consistently deliver an energetic and engaging combination of global e-commerce strategy, cross-border tactics, and best practices. See you there. Until then, safe travels.